Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hi, I'm so excited today to have this episode on Spot On. And let me tell you, it's a very crowded podcast studio because today's episode is about therapy dogs. And I have a therapy dog uh, in the studio, and, and it's it's human. That's what I like to call it because really the dog is everything. The human just you know brings it around. But this therapy dog is a, a Bernice Mountain Dog. And um, we're going to have to add on to the podcast studio because this dog is not a lap dog unless your lap is about the size of a couch because this dog weighs about about over 100 pounds. It is a stuffed animal. Hashtag stuffed animal. That's what we're going to talk about the whole time. Let's go to the street and find out what folks think about, about having therapy dogs at campuses and at the workplace. I really love therapy dogs just because they can make me feel so much better, uh, especially during stressful times such as midterms and finals. I really like therapy dogs. I think that they're really useful in relieving stress and anxiety that people feel because it's nice to hug them and kind of release like all of your negative emotions. Offer us a kind of cuteness in campus and we're quite nice and we're quite relaxing. Therapy dogs are beneficial to somebody, especially like um, like depression is a thing and like across like American universities. I do have a friend, she likes dog very much and she, so she thinks it really helps and she likes the dogs in school. I think it's good because uh, I've never had one but uh, I've seen one in my classroom. I feel like there should be designated like areas and time frames for the therapy dog to be in like a workplace specifically, just because that if the dog is off and around, it might be a little bit distracting for the workers. It might bring a negative effect of for like the therapy dog. On campus, students are always stressed out about like schoolwork. When we are interacting with dogs, they bring us happiness and then we can like relax with them. As long as the dog isn't really bothering the new, you know, the passerbys and like general people. Depends on the location. I'm so excited today to have on the show this fabulous therapy dog, Otis um, and his owner or human, I don't know what, you know, she's the, whatever, the mother here. It's Cara Gunther, and she's actually in her fourth year of medical school here at the Boston University School of Medicine. And this is really a fascinating story about, you know, not only how therapy dogs work and how much good they can bring, but how it, she met this therapy dog and how it all came back. So with that introduction, I want to welcome Kara to the program. 
And I'd also like to um, welcome Otis. And if you hear some heavy breathing, that's Otis, okay? So just, you know, we're going to work with everybody in the studio right now. So again, thank you for coming on Spot On. Thank you for having us. It's really exciting to be here. (laughs) It is exciting. So tell me, what made you decide you want to be a doctor? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, There were actually kind of a lot of reasons that changed over the years. Um, I think I've kind of always wanted to be a doctor, quite honestly. I can think back to uh, when I was a kid, I used to hoard Band-Aids and I always <laughs> wanted to be the one that like put them on my siblings when they got hurt. Um, and then recently- Did I you want to rip them off too? I mean, No, yeah. that part I actually did not like <laughs> because they would inevitably cry. <laughs> but I just was always fascinated by like cuts and bruises and things like that. And then as like twisted as that sounds. Um, and then um, I was looking recently looking through some of my like childhood things that I had in storage and all the books that I saved had to do with kids going to the doctor or like getting their teeth pulled or just like having like broken bones and things like that. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is great. took me by surprise. I yeah. really I didn't really realize that until recently. Um, and then as I got older, um, I just kind of realized I liked being the person that people went to when they sure. needed help. Um, and I realized that I liked the math and science courses, but specifically right, right, biology. Right. So this is a match made in heaven. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so far it's been great. Right. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. So how did you get this idea to get a therapy dog? My, my friend Otis here. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I kind of saw myself get really excited when I saw other therapy dogs on campus. Um, and I, I saw how much joy they brought to other people mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then I, I would come home and I'd have this dog that was so loving and just wanted to sit on my lap the whole time. And to the point where it was hard to do work when I was home because he just needed so much comfort and so much attention. And I also found myself craving more patient interactions because in the first two years of medical school, you have so much that you need to learn. So, so much of your teaching right, has to right. be classroom based. And be actually does a great job. You have this um, introduction to clinical medicine course that runs through your first two years. So you actually do get to interview patients and take um, histories and do physical exams, but it's just not enough. Right. Um, it's, it's not as much as you'd have as a third or fourth year medical student or as much as you would have in your career. And so then I thought, well, why don't I train Otis to be a therapy dog given his temperament? And um, through that, try to bring a little bit more joy to patients' lives and also get to have more patient interactions. Right. And is it a hard process to go through to become a therapy dog? So surprisingly, no. Um, because really all that they have to be able to do is kind of the basic um, like obedience skills, like sit, don't eat stuff off the floor, don't right. jump on people, things like that. And then after that, it's just temperament-based. Right. So for instance, my other dog, Ellie, is not cuddly. So while she's super obedient and she would sit next to a patient and she would endure the, the petting because she's just such a sweet dog, she would have her sad ears the yes. whole time. Oh. Um, so it really just comes down to their temperament. So once you do your, your basic canine good citizen training that tells you or the therapy organization that your dog can sit on command and can walk on a leash and things like that. Um, I went through this organization called Dog Bones that just- Oh yes, I've heard about this. Have you? Yeah, they're yes. wonderful. They're based in Massachusetts. They certify you nationally and they um, have three uh, two hour, two or three hour sessions. They put you um, through different medical scenarios oh, okay. to make sure your dog is okay with wheelchairs. Oh, okay. Or yes. one dog actually failed because she was a golden retriever and she couldn't get over the tennis balls on the bottom of a right. walker. Yeah. So she just kept diving at the walker, which of course that's a therapy hysterical. dog can't yeah. do. Yeah, it's hysterical. The, yeah. you know, the tennis balls are just a magnet for dogs. Exactly. You know, I mean, therapy or not. Exactly. Right? Oh my God, that's a riot. Yeah. So Otis passed, obviously, with flying yes, colors. Yes, he did. I was so proud of him. I was so nervous, but so proud of him. 
So let me tell you about the backstory of how I knew Cara and uh, uh, my, my good friend Otis here. So every year, or, or every semester, I should say, um, during exam times, which is such a ridiculously stressful time for college students, any students, um, uh, you know, in December and, of course, again in, in May, um, I would bring in therapy dogs when they're studying for the exams. And I just want to put out there right now, I, you know I'm a professor here at Boston University, but I hate giving exams, okay? I want you to understand that. I don't do it because, you know, gee, well, this is your crazy person. I hate giving exams, and I know you hate taking exams, but I have to do it, okay? So you're really stressed, so I got this idea to bring in therapy dogs, you know, the week when the students are studying for these exams and they're really, really high peak stress. So we found Cara, we found her, and we found Otis. And I'm telling you, when Otis walks in the building, <laughs> like it's like a magnet because the people come from out of the woodwork and soon as they see Otis, they want to be petting them. And what I found after many years of doing this was that we would put the, like an Otis or Otis's friends, I have many uh, therapy dogs in one session, in, in a circle, and they would, the students would be your surrounding Otis, and let me tell you, that that's a big circle because Otis is huge, <laughs> and they would be petting the dog, petting up and down, and they the, the students are not even understanding what they're saying, and all they are saying, I miss my pets, I miss my pets, I miss my dog, I miss my cat. I have been doing this for about four years, and I'm telling you, they have never said, I miss my mother, I miss my father. They never say that. They never miss them. They miss their animals. And so talk about that, because when you think about that, they pack up, but it's their aunt. They miss yeah. their animals. Yeah. I know the bond between humans and animals is just so strong and so remarkable. And and for dogs specifically, I mean, it dates back like thousands of years. We just have this rich history of of um, relying on and being protected by dogs. Um, and they just, I think that because they always, it's so obvious to see that they're so happy to see you and how much joy and relief you bring them and not just them to you. It just creates this wonderful relationship where you just. That's just purely joy-based and based in love. You know, with, the, with all the wonderful attributes that having a therapy dog can do for you, whether you're stressed or even just even in a good mood, try to seek out to see if your campus has a therapy dog. Uh, oftentimes, they may be in the student health center. That would probably be a great place to start. So, like, when you walk in the door mm -hmm. and Otis sees you, like, what, what happens? Oh, well, this is not therapy-approved behavior, but he jumps on me, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right, let's keep that between us, yeah. all right? That stays between us and the spot-on listeners, okay? Thank we, you. we don't want him get demoted exactly. because he's too darn cute to get demoted. <laughs> that, that's yeah. great. So that's... he jumps, um, and then he'll run and get a toy, oh, um, right. and then he'll just want to play. That's fabulous. That yeah, he's really sweet. Now, does, I, I saw that Otis has a... Um, uh, uh, ID card for the hospital with his, with his picture on it. And I have to say, it's a very nice picture, by Thank the way. You. Uh, it's got his left side. Yeah. So um, tell me, does he go to school or work with you? Yeah, so he does. Less so in the, like my third and fourth year of medical school, just because I, I like 
have more of the hours that a, a doctor or a nurse might have. Okay, sure. So it's a little bit harder. Um, but he does. He We do both student therapy at <gasps> the School of Medicine. Um, we try to host them um, on a weekly basis. And um, it's either either we'll go or another member of BMC's Healing Pups will go with his or her oh, dog. Um, and it's wonderful. Um, and then we also go and see patients. He and I do. Right. So actually, you're doing at the for the medical students, the students in the School of Medicine, the same thing that I'm doing here for undergraduates. So you're right. I mean, that's all a medical school. Any kind of graduate uh, program is stressful, too. So that's so fabulous that every week the, the students can come and visit. Yeah. It um, it's, it's about every week. It's hard because it, we rely on the schedule of, of providers um, and other healthcare professionals with their dogs right, right. um and so sometimes you know things happen and they have to cancel or right. or their schedules are just too busy but yeah we try to aim for once a week particularly on reading days which are the days before exams same thing so yeah. you're the same thing exactly. same, we, have, same, we have two great minds here yeah <laughs> so what how does how is he with the patients he's really good with them he so we try to go see um the pediatrics floor because oh, that's want to go into pediatrics so um those are patients that are really near and dear to my heart i'm um, I would say about 50% of them are terrified of Otis because oh, of his size. Yeah. I just want to tell you that we will put plenty, I mean plenty, of photos of Otis. Maybe one of you, Karen. I don't, I don't have to But plenty of Otis up on the Facebook spot on Facebook page because when you see that the size of this dog, you could almost see why the kids are a little bit uh, hesitant at first. But yes. I can imagine once they start petting this dog, this is like butter. Yeah. I, I mean, the nice thing about his size, too, the flip side of that is that there's so much of him to pet. So I, I can like <laughs> I can hold his head close to my end of the body and the a child can pet his tail or his his hind legs and still be a good distance away from his head and feel comfortable. Right. And then slowly you see the child start to inch closer to the head. And then oftentimes by the end, they're like lying down next to Otis or they're getting kisses from Otis. It's really sweet. That's really good. And you can just see that apprehension and they just bring some joy. Yeah. So tell me the difference of this, because I, I did some reading and there's things called service dogs there's like a, emotional support dogs and then we have my Otis therapy dog so what is the like what's a sub service animal yeah so a service animal is trained specifically to provide a skill set to someone with a disability I right. am um, so those dogs are often I uh, trained from birth essentially okay. oh. um, and so that would be like you're seeing eye dog for example say that. Okay. or a seizure alert dog BMC mm. has a great dog sergeant who's a seizure alert dog which um, is Amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to explain what that is to the listeners? Yeah, so um, what I believe, and, and um, I hope I'm characterizing this correctly, but I believe what Sergeant does is he is trained in the um, signs of a seizure, um, and he barks loudly when a patient has a seizure so that um, the parents can come. He works with kids um, right. so that the parents can come and help the child through the seizure. Totally amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing, the bond that goes there. Absolutely. And then what is the emotional support animal? So an emotional support animal provides... Um, comfort uh, mm -hmm. and, and emotional support right. to the owner. Okay. So whereas Otis is a therapy dog and provides comfort and affection um, to others, right. an emotional support dog is for the owner. Right, right, right. I have read so much about how these therapy dogs can affect you physically mm -hmm. and emotionally. So mm -hmm. what, do, what do you know about this physically? What can they do? Yeah, so studies have shown that um, therapy animals lower heart rate, they lower blood pressure, um, they uh, decrease cortisol, which is one of the hormones associated with stress states. Uh, they increase oxytocin, wow. which is a, a hormone um, 
involved in bonding, um, dopamine, which is a pleasure hormone, endorphins. Um, so there are real actual physical effects um, associated with animals. Beyond that, um, they've been shown to lower um, like depression rates in elderly at um, in homes. They've been shown to um, help. So anyone going through physical therapy, it's, sure. it's really re- annoying doing repetitive motion, but people, sure. as you said, will pet an right. animal right. for for 30 minutes, an hour at a time, and in that they're working their rotator cuff or whatever muscle they might have torn. You know, that's so interesting, Car. They just said that because my son, who um, uh, when he, he hated the dentist, I mean, mm. hated the mm-hmm. dentist, and this dentist had these five little dogs, and, and and this was a hundred years ago. So <laughs> so the reason why he had these dogs, and he, he realized he didn't realize it was therapy dogs but at the moment. He didn't realize it. Yeah. Is one day his wife um, had to go to work. She was a doctor also, mm. and, and so he had to take the dogs to the to the dental practice, right? So he took the dogs to the dental practice. And it was a pediatric dental practice, yeah. and and. The dogs came in, and the dogs would jump up on the kids' laps in the chair, and they'd pet him. And he noticed, like he could see the stress level come right down. And then he he took them every week. You know, and, and I would only make an appointment when the dogs were there. That's and so that's, I could care less about the dentist. I would say, when are the dogs coming? Because I'm, making, I'm not bringing my son unless the dogs are there. Yeah. You know, and, and it is just remarkable. Yeah how this works. No, and you touch upon an important thing, they're a distraction, right? right? They distract the patient or the person from the stressful um, stimulus. They remind them of life outside of the dentist chairs, outside of the hospital. they, just like with the kids, they're reminded of the students here at BU. They're reminded of their dogs back at home. It just kind of pulls them out of whatever stressor is in their life. That's right. And same with healthcare providers. Yes. I mean, the burnout rate in medicine is so high. Um, and while Otis does not by any means address the systematic problems that are leading to that burnout rate, he provides a moment of relief and right. a re- refocusing and hopefully recharging that can carry the, the provider through the rest of the day. That's so interesting because, you know, I mean, we've all had days like this when mm-hmm. you're saying, I, I, I can't do th- I mean, this is like crazy. I'm going out of my mind. And then you'll see an animal. Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah. just, and, and, and it, it just resets brings, everything. It re- yeah. I love that word, resets, because yeah. it resets everything to say, take a breath. Yep. This is what's important. Look yep. at this animal is just adoringly looking at you. And, and you, you do. It resets. So it's almost like maybe we should all just have a dog. I think so. I mean, I think that is a large part of what's kept me sane in medical school, for oh, sure. Yeah. And it also, it, being forced to take care of something else, like, forces you to have a certain work-life balance. Right. You know, I can't be studying all the time. Even right. if I wanted to, I couldn't. And so right. I think that's helped me create a good balance for myself. You know, that's interesting, Car, because you have that luxury mm-hmm. um, to have him every day. Mm-hmm. So that goes my second uh, follow-up here is, you know, I think that all colleges should have therapy mm-hmm. dogs. I, I, and I was looking at a study from Yale, and they were saying that this is up on on the rise. The mm-hmm. researchers said that there's a... Uh, uh, over a thousand animal visitations wow. on campuses. So what I think what we're seeing is that there's more and more stress, you know, associated with going to college. Absolutely. But also, you know, they, they're on their own for the first time, and they, they're away to be homesick. Mm-hmm. And how these animals can really, really bring down that stress anxiety mm-hmm. level. So, you know, I, I know here at Boston University we have uh, therapy dogs, but I'm not sure that every campus does. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it's something that we should be thinking about and to tell you the truth now you say that I think every medical school should have one or 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think that every school, institution, uh, office would benefit from a, a robust therapy animal program. The one thing I will say, though, is we need to remain mindful of people who are afraid or allergic of, of dogs. Sure. So, for instance, um, and, and with that, then create a space where the animal therapy program can be without interfering with those students' lives. So Otis, for instance, doesn't go to the dean's offices because I, I would never want to be the reason why someone did not seek the help of a dean right. or seek the help of someone in the Office of Student Affairs right, because right. they're afraid or allergic right. That's right. And, and, but can't you get uh, uh, allergy dogs that are okay for allergy? They have a hair or something sure, versus yeah. fur? And Hypoallergenic dogs yeah, okay. exist. Absolutely. Um, it might just narrow down the pool of animals. Y- that, that, that you can do. Yeah. yeah you, can, you can have here. Exactly. And, and let me tell you, uh, Otis has a lot of fur, yes, so we'll have to vacuum so um, before he leaves this <laughs> podcast studio. Put that on the list. Let's get a I'll vacuum. So is there any downsize uh, that side to having a therapy dog on campus or at a workplace, which is another stressful area? Right. No, I mean, I think aside from what I mentioned about um, just making sure it's in a space that, that um, doesn't interfere with people who are afraid or yeah. allergic to dogs. No, I think, look, I think that it's a resource that, that um, administrators um, can use to support people going through stressful things. And like you said, jobs are just as stressful right. as school. Um, right. And people have, even if the work itself isn't stressful, even if the school itself isn't stressful, stuff outside of those those areas can be stressful. That's right. And so it's just nice to give people a chance, like an opportunity and a space to um, to kind of bring find a little bit more joy. That's right. Now there are organizations out there, like if someone wants to get, like like what I do every semester, mm-hmm. where I I call up all my therapy dog connections and this but there's like a service you can call you said bones or something was yeah one of them. so we get we get emails from dog bones um, with requests uh, so I assume that other uh, therapy organizations do right. it the same way right. um, yeah and, and you have them come in for the day or something because I do this all the time exactly we get a lot of requests I'm um, even just families asking for therapy dogs for their their parents who are in in um, nursing home exactly yes yeah. which I think would be huge mm-hmm. if what's coming mm-hmm. because you know you're scared they're away from home and I, I think you know in that case we might have to do a little lap dog I, yeah, yes yeah, I agree yeah, yeah. although I will say Otis is the perfect height for sitting next to a wheelchair oh he's quite good at that is I didn't even think yeah. about that you're right <laughs> You're right. He is the perfect type for that. So there you go. And as long as there's no tennis balls on the bottom of the exactly, chair, everything is really good. <laughs> Cara, tell me, how does how does Otis change your life? Yeah. So I would say both dogs have brought um, just a ton of joy to my life. Um, it's certainly the highlight of my day coming home to them and just being greeted with so much love. Um, they have certainly also brought a lot of fur to my life. That's the one thing I would change is if I could just... <laughs> keep them from shedding as much as they do. Um, But beyond that, it's only been positive. Um, And then Otis, I mean, Otis has provided me with more patient interactions, with patient interactions of a different kind. It's so rare to have a patient interaction that's just purely based in joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I get to have that with him and the patients. And that's, that's really incredible um and then he's also helped me get to know other students like that i might not have known because they're in different classes that i'm in and and 
He's certainly more popular than I am. It's very common for them to know his name and not my name. Oh, I'm which so is, sorry. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> We do the same thing when we're at the dog park. It's like Cooper's mom or like Scout's dad. It's That's totally understandable. Yeah, that's um, great. But he's just been, he's just connected me to yeah, so many different great. people. Which been, and I would imagine, you know, as a doctor, you know, you want to get inside information from the patient. And here you are, you're on a, you know, this awful hospital room with sterile and everything and you're just not in your environment so it's so hard to communicate but he probably just cuts through that layer he does and he i think he helps patients trust us as well yeah which is great and then you can really get down to what the problem is because i know for, for the students on college here um they they are love these dogs. I, I really don't know how you actually walk him yeah. because <laughs> I would think once you walk in this, it must be like this crowd mm-hmm. of people around you that yep. just want to pet. I mean, you, it takes five, it takes you an hour to do like a block. It's hard. It's why I was late actually to, <laughs> to this. I apologize. It's, it's hard to go anywhere without being stopped. Um, and I am guilty of that too. When I see another dog, I say right. hi, even though I have two wonderful sure. dogs at home. Like right. it's just, it's hard not to say hi to dogs. Right. Um, and it's great for him. I mean, he loves it. He loves attention. He loves <sighs> affection and it's good training for right. him as well. And, and is that because of his breed? I think yeah. so. So yeah. um, I, I, he's my first Bernese Mountain dog, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a ton of other exposure to other ones. But um, I know in the research that I did, they are very needy. There's something called the burner lean, like they mm. always want to be pressed up against your body, um, kind of oh. like he was sitting up against you You're when right. we first came in. Um, I, th- I thought it was just me. Oh, it was what? extra oh, special gosh, for you. No. <laughs> but All right. That is characteristic for their breed. So they just are. They're needy in, yeah. the, in the most wonderful That's way. Great. So what what recommendations would you give for anybody that, you know, thinking, gee, I want to get a therapy dog. I think this is a great idea. So what, what are your recommendations to you? Yeah, I mean, I would say just first of all, make sure that you have the time yeah. and the resources to take care of a dog. Mm. They are a big responsibility. Um, they There's a lot of guilt involved with leaving them at, yeah. the, beginning, at the start of the day. Um, and what ends up happening is that you inevitably get a dog walker and that adds up financially, not yes. to mention the vet bills and all that right, stuff. Right. And Otis eats five cups of food a day, so that's also... Only five? I oh find this hard to believe. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, five. Okay. Five cups. Um, but that adds up too. Yeah. So um, so just make sure that you have all those things um, yes. prepared before right. you get a dog. Right. Um, beyond that, I mean, just... just see what your dog's temperament is like. Right. Make sure it's something your dog really likes. If your dog is like my other dog, Ellie, and, and doesn't like to be cuddled or sure. doesn't like crowds, it might not be the best fit. But if you check off all those boxes, go for it. It is such There's such a need and it's such a rewarding experience and it's nice for you, it's nice for the dog. Right. A lot of the studies too have shown that it actually also lowers dog's blood pressures. No kidding. Yeah, so it's a reciprocal effect. That's great. Yeah. So see, everyone just needs a little petting and love. Exactly. There you go. All right, with that ending, that, that I feel very much calm now. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank you both for coming. Thanks for having uh, us. This is just great. And again, I, I've done this on campus uh, during exam time, and it's actually the highlight of my uh, a semester because I see how much the students just can relax yeah. and release it. This was so interesting to think about. You know, now they have these therapy dogs that can help you uh, when you're not feeling uh, so great or you're anxious, um, and they're being trained to help you feel better about yourself. So seek them out. You know, check your campus or your work site to see if they have a therapy dog program. Uh, they, it, I can't guarantee that the dog is going to be as cute as Otis that's here in the studio, but check it out. 
if you want uh, information on how to become a therapy dog mom or dad or something, we'll put that up on the Facebook uh, spot on Facebook page too, so you can read up in it with tons and tons of pictures. So with that, I just want to thank you both for coming in Thanks for, for spot on. Us. This was fun. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Spot On. Please subscribe to Spot On on your favorite podcast app for new episodes every week. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joan Salgy Blake. And also like our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes. And oh, by the way, could you ask five of your friends or family members to download Spot On and subscribe to it? Do I ask a lot from you?